Okay, Chavra. This year is uh, in memory of Chaya Sarah Bashmol Amata Rivka. We're continuing to have Yud Gimel Amad Aleph. Uh, we talked yesterday about um, the different approaches to whether we, people wanted, uh, were excited that Mordechai was both from Yehuda and Binyamin, or maybe they were from Mordechai or Binyamin. That's what we ended up. And I think we're up to the fourth line where it says Rabbi Yochanan, correct? Rabbi Yochanan Amar La'olam Binyamin Ka'ati. So really, uh, we should understand that he comes from Binyamin. Okay, the Amai Karla Yehudi. So why do we call him a Yehudi? Not because he's from Yehuda, but rather, Ashum Shekafar Bawadazara. Because he rejected Abudazara, or denied Abudazara. Shekol HaKofer Bawadazara, Nikra Yehudi. Anyone who denies Abudazara is called a Yehudi. Kitichtiva, as it says in Daniel, Ite Guvrin Yehuda in Vegomer. These Yehuda men. And Rashi points out that the Gomer sometimes is the most important part of the Pasuk. So Rashi points out here, on the second line, To your God, we will, we will not bow down. Okay, so that's the idea. They're called Yehudain. Okay, so meaning, obviously, the term Yehudi fundamentally means a person from Yehuda. But in context, it doesn't have to simply mean that. Once you're called a person, once you're called Yehudi, so then the word, the, the word has an expanded Meaning. At least that's what I think it means. Okay, last small line. Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi, when he would introduce the Sefer Divrei Hayamim, so he would say as follows. Okay, so we had a lot of examples of people how they would introduce Megillat Esther. This is how he would introduce his study of Divrei Hayamim. By the way, it's a good pedagogical technique. You see that they didn't just like start reading the psukim. Okay, they always give a little bit of an introduction, you know, with something else. Kind of uh, be interesting. He says like, Kod Varecha Echad he said, all your words are one. Okay, all your words are one. What it means is, Rashi says on the second line, all your words are one. Like you, like the author, ever mentioning many, many names. And they're all one name. I don't want to say they're all one name, but it means lots of times different names refer to the same person. Okay? And he goes on to say, But we know how to interpret them properly. So it says, for example, in Divrei Yemim Perak Aleph, Okay, so his wife, the Yehudiyah, the Jewess, Right, she gave birth to Yered, the father of Gedor, and Chever, the father of Soho, and Yekutiel, the father of Zenoach. And these are the children of Batya, the daughter of Paro, who uh, Mered married. Now, the Gemara is assuming, we'll see in a second how we know it's true, but the Gemara is assuming that all these people mentioned are Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, they're all referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Gemara says, Amai Karila Yehudiya. So why is she called a Yehudiya? Because uh, it's a reference to Bat Paro. Al Shum Shekafra Babadazara, because she denied Abadazara. Dikhtiva says, Batered Bat Paro Lerchotayaor, that the Bat Paro went down to wash by the Nile. The Amar Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan also said, Sheyarda Lerchots Migilule Beit Avia, that she went down to wash herself from the Abadazara. Okay, I think another. I think the previous line, or I think Rashi points out that maybe that was a tefillah b'mikvah for the purpose of conversion, which is an interesting idea. But either way, however you understand it, whether it's lirchos to be tovelet or to just wash herself, sort of of like the filth, so to speak, of avodazara. Either way, that's the idea, and that fits in what's called Yehudi or Yehudiyah would be someone who's rejecting avodazara. 
Once we talked about that, so let's explain what's happening with that uh, interpretation of the Pasuk. Gabar asks, Vaharabuye Ravite. But she did not give birth. It says Yalda means means she birthed these people, which again we're saying is Moshe, but it's not true. Ravuye Ravite means she only raised Moshe. So that's what we say as a pru ru, right? Pru ru. Pru means like to have the children, and revu is to raise the children. So it says as follows Lomar Lacha, what is this telling you? Anybody who raises an orphan in their house, the Torah considers it as though you gave birth to them. Okay, so that's a nice plug for adoption. Okay. Yered Zemoshe. So Yered refers to Moshe. So why is he called Yered? That's a nice reference to Parsha Shavuah, right? In Peshalach. Uh, that the, for Yibnei Yisrael, during his time, the man fell. So it's called Yered. Gidor. Why is it called Gidor? From the word, gad, what's a Gader? A fence. Good. Shegadar pirtoteon shel Yisrael. That he fenced up the breaches of Yisrael, meaning symbolically, right? Yisrael Israel sinned, so he sort of helped them out, especially during Chayta Egel, things like that. Chaver. Kind of like sounds of the word like a friend or someone who like brings things together. He brought he connected Ben Israel to their father in heaven. Soho. He was like a sukkah, like a protection for Ben Israel. Yekutiel. Shekavu Yisrael Lael Biamab. The Ben Israel were what's the kavot? Like tikva? Hope, right? To 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 hope for, right? To, they bring, they 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 put their trust in Hashem. So that's Yikutiel. It's like the word Kava and El. Um, Zanoach. So Zanoach is what they were. That means like sort of to reject something. Shehis Niach Avinoteim Shal Yisrael. That he like rejected or like made to move away the sins of Yisrael. Okay. Why does it say Avi Avi Avi? Meaning, there's three times in this pasuk. If you look back in the second wide line, it says Avi Gedor, Avi Socho, Avi Zanoah. Why does it keep saying the father of the father of the father? Again, since we're saying that all the names are really him, anyways, it says Av BaTorah, Av BaChokmah, Av BeNifiyut. He's like the father when it comes to wisdom. He's like the, you know, excuse me, the Torah. He's a father for wisdom, and he's the father when it comes to being an Avi. Okay. The Pasuk then continues and says, These are the sons of Bati that Mered married. Mered His name isn't Mered, his name is Kalev. Which Kalev? Very good. Kalev ben Yifuneh. Right, that's apparently the question Bajaj understands that he is the one who married, he married Bat Paro. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yavo Kalev Shemarad Be'atzat Melachi Meraglim. Right, that... Kalev rebelled. He is a rebel, and that's what Mered means. He's a rebel. He rebelled against the spies. Okay, and then he was that. But you saw at, I think you should say at, Batya, Bat Paro, Shemarda, Bigudulay, Beitavia. Okay, so the Mered is the connection between Kalev and Bat Paro. That Kalev rebelled, rebelled against the Miraglim, and she rebelled against the idols of her father's house. Okay. That is the end of that discussion. We're going to continue now with the Megillah. We said, Asher Haglami Yerushalayim, who was um, exiled from Yerushalayim. So Amarava, this is about Mordechai, right? Mordechai was exiled from Yerushalayim. Amarava Shegala Me'atzmo. The implication of the word Hagla is that he actually exiled himself. That he wasn't, it's not really, a, it doesn't sound like a passive term, it sounds like a more active term. So as opposed to being exiled like everybody else, he joined B'nai Yisrael in the Galut. That's sort of what he, what he did, which maybe is a sign of his leadership, right, that he was willing to uh, go with them. It says, by he omenet hadasah, that he, now the word omen is tricky, but it probably means like a raise, or we'll see what it means exactly. Kari la hadasah ve kari la ester. It calls her both hadasah and also ester. 
So we have to explain the two names. Tanya, we learned in the Brighton Rebbe Meir, Omer Esther Shema. Really, her name was Esther. So why does the Megillah refer to her as Hadassah? Because Tzadikim are called Myrtles. Hadassim. It says he's standing among the Hadassim, but it's clearly referenced there to, uh, I guess, Tzadikim, righteous people, and so she also, or pious people, so she also, uh, funny, I was at, uh, my, uh, my nephews are in town, because our son's bar mitzvah, so we were at the museum yesterday, so this woman um, came up, the woman asked uh, the kids, who are uh, Hasidim? She said, what's Hasidim? I know, she's like, whatever for the group. So my nephew said, Pious people. <laughs> so I thought I heard him say pious people. And I was like really impressed that he had like, like, like <laughs> but he didn't say that. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Um, I'm just saying you're pious people, yeah. Is this like a, a, is the Noah, like I wouldn't say that's a known thing. No, I wouldn't say that. Because this Pasuk and Zechariah seems to indicate this, but they use the word Hadassim in it. Why a myrtle? Why a myrtle? I don't really have a great sense. We'll see some more stuff about myrtles in a second, but I don't know. Why Dafka Tzadikim? Maybe I don't know exactly. Yeah, I could start, you know, thinking about like random ideas. But I don't know why that word is something else, you know. Um, okay, maybe Zach will look up some Marsha and see why that mix up. Okay, he'll share it with the group. Uh, okay, and it says Rabbi Yehuda Omer Hadasa Shema Velamene Kreit Shema Esther. So Rabbi says the opposite. Her name was really Hadasa. Why is she named Esther? Al Shem Shahita Mat Devarea because she would hide her words, right? Sater is like hidden. Shinemarza says, Ain Esther Magedet Adama Vagomede. She wouldn't tell her nation, right? So she was hiding things. So you call her Esther, that's a reference to what she did. Rabbi Dechemya Omer, Hadasa Shema, he also says her name was Hadasa. Velamini Kreit Esther, why is she called Esther? Shayu Umota Olam Karinota Ashum Estaher. That the other nations of the world called her by the moon. I like the word Sahara, right? It means the moon. You know, I guess she was as beautiful as the moon. Yes, that's sort of the idea. Okay, yeah, as Rashi says, Yareach Yafa Kelevana. Okay. Ben Aze Omer, Esther lo aruka, velok tzarahita. Ben Aze says, Esther wasn't particularly tall, she wasn't particularly short. Ela benonit, kehadasa. She was like regular, like a hadasa. It's not like, you know, a hadasa doesn't strike you as being like, wow, this is like a real, it doesn't stand out as a type of branch, I guess. And that's, how, that's Esther. She was kind of like a regular person, you know. Maybe it's like a message about, you know, uh, Regular people being okay to like you know uh, play important roles. Rabbi Shua ben Karcha Amar Esther Yerak Roket Haita. Rabbi Shua ben Karcha says she was greenish. She was greenish. So uh, I think the Rashi understands that as being not particularly attractive. I think that's his point. Um, I guess that's like a hadasa, kind of a green color. But there was like a measure of literally a, a string, but like a measure of chesed that was placed upon her by Hashem, that made people particularly find her attractive, which is, I think what he's trying to say is that, again, in appearance, you might say, like, she wasn't anything to, like, uh, write home about, but the personality, there was something about her personality that was very, very attractive, and that's, you know, an interesting point about, you know, attra- you know, attractiveness, obviously, the king finds her to be the most beautiful of all the women, so there's something about her that, like, she's very, very attractive, there's a certain personality point, that's what Rabbi McCarthy, I think, is saying there. So she had no father and mother. And it also says via when her father and mother died. And that's what said, that's when Mordechai took care of her. So Lamali, so what right, so it says if she already says if it already says why do we have to be told via We know she has no father. Don't say after her parents died he took her in. Doesn't make we know that they're in. Rab Acha says as follows. Ivrita made Avia. When his mother became when the, when her mother became pregnant, her father died. 
Yaldata, when the mother gave birth to her, Meta Ima, then the mother died. Okay, and that's what it says. So when the, when her parents died, like after that whole event, so Mordechai took her as a daughter. So sort of explaining the background, not just the reality, but like the history of how it happened. Okay, Tani Tana Mishur Rabbi Meir. It was taught in the name Rabbi Meir that this pasuk Mordechai took her as a daughter. Right, I think we had this in one of the halacha shir. If anybody was in the shir, as a daughter, brought out of their house, meaning as a wife. The chen who amir this is what it says also in Shmuel uh, a long pasuk here. Ula rash in kol ki im kivsa achat ktana asher kana. This is talking about this is when Natan Hanavi is talking to David Hamelach about his taking of uh, Bacheva, right? So he's describing this uh, mashal, like right? this parable about this uh, rich man who has a large flock of sheep and this poor man who only has one sheep and he takes care of the sheep and he loves the sheep and the rich man took the, you know, took the other guy's uh, sheep and the man gets all upset and says that's awful you should kill that guy and then Nathan says Atayish right you're the guy you're the man he's like oh man I just realized oh, you totally fooled me so um, so this is the story so the Rosh and Kolkim Kavsah Haktanah says the poor person only had one uh, lamb Asher Kana which he brought he kept her alive and she grew uh, with his children, she ate from his bread, she drank from his cup, and she like sort of like lay in his uh, like in his uh, arms, but and she was like a daughter to him, this lamb. Or kibat, or just because she lies in his arms, she's like a daughter. Ella it means it was like a house, not a house, it means like a wife. Here too, lebayit. So usually the word bat, but it means really lebayit. Okay, so that's what it is. The Mordechai married Esther at that point. Okay, then it goes on to say what Esther's experience was like in the palace. It says that Sheva Hanarot to Gomer. She was given seven like uh, maidservants. Amarava Shahaitam Moname Bahen Yemei Shabbat. That why is it seven? That she would count with the seven maidservants the days of the week. So she named one, I guess like each of them maybe served her one day of the week. So she named one Sunday and one Monday and one Tuesday and one, right? And she knew that when the last one came, ah, it's Shabbos. Now she was able to keep how she knew how Shabbos was. She just like look outside. Uh, I guess in the, maybe in the I don't know exactly I guess like in the palace you know you, it's hard to, t- hard to tell what day of the week it was or whatever uh, the more, obviously the bigger point would be certainly that Esther's holding on to her Yiddishkeit even while she's in the palace that's sort of the idea right she uses the whatever tool she has available and is uh, able to, to keep it that way but what's that? well I mean no, it's the king they're, they're coming to do everything for her I mean that's a, you know you can have a servant work for you in Shabbos that's not particularly I mean it's a different question but Right, anyhow, so uh, it says, So the, what's his name? Who was in charge of the um, in charge of the whole? Uh, what's it called? Hegai. Uh, Hegai, uh, right? Hegai, yeah. Right. So he was in charge of the whole enterprise with all the arot. So it says, that he sort of made things different for her. He adjusted things for her. What does it mean? He adjusted. He gave her Jewish food, which I guess we would call kosher food. And Shmuel said he actually gave her very uh, fancy like um, uh, pig products. Which uh, she, I think Rashi, did Rashi point this out here? Da, 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 da. Oh, no, Rashi says, Mitoch um, onsa lo ne'ensha. He says that she fed her, actually fed her pig, but because it was onus, like what was she supposed to eat, that's all they were serving her, so she wasn't punished. Rabbi Yochanan said she had the salad. Uh, he, fed, right, he fed her like uh, grains. Bechein Homer, that's what it says, Vahi hameltzar no se et pat begam, venotim. Uh, so it says in Daniel, the Meltzar, like the waiter, the person who provided the food, got their pot and gave them 
uh, zeronim. Okay, so there's three different opinions for what she was eating, either kosher food, uh, which is great, um, it was pig, which was not the best, but can't be punished, or the middle ground, where it's not particularly kosher, not particularly not kosher, it's just um, like avoiding the issue and you know having the salad at the not kosher restaurant, so to speak. Okay. Shishach Hadashim B'Shemen Hamor. She spent six, six months in the myrrh oil. My Shemen Hamor. What is this? Rebbechia Ba'aba Amar Satkat. I looked up the translation. It said Satkat. Rav Huna Amar Shemen Zay Shelohei Shlish. Uh, Rav Huna said it's an uh, olive oil, but that's when the olives have only grown a third of their normal growth. Tanya Rabbi Domer, Anpikun Shemen Zayi Shlohei Bishlish. There's a stuff called Anpikun, which is uh, olive oil that hasn't, there's only grown a third. Velama Sachinoto. So why do you anoint yourself with it? Like, what's the benefit of this particular type of olive oil? Shemeshir Tasear. It removes the hair. Umeadinat Abasar. And it makes the, um, the, the skin very, uh, sorry, word, like Meadin. It makes it all nice. Right, so it helps her. It's, it's good for the skin. Okay. So that's what she spent six months in the Shemun Hamor. So it says in the night she uh, went to the king, and in the morning she came back, they, they left. That's, that's always the, that was a routine for all these women that the king took. She'd come in in the evening, and she'd leave in the morning. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, From the Gnut, from the disparaging comment about this uh, evil person, we can learn his praise. Meaning, the disparaging comment is that he's with another woman every night. That's, that's really not appropriate. But, what's the idea? What's the praise? What you see is that he only had relations during the evening, not during the morning, not during the day, which I guess would be less sanua. Okay. But he, Esther, no seitchen. Esther found favor in everyone's eyes. The idea is that everyone sort of imagined that she was from her nation. Okay, they do a beer, right? So everyone saw, like, she had, kind of had this complexion that, like, was hard to pin down. So let's say, you know, everyone would be like, oh, is she, you know, Puerto Rican? Is she Mexican? Is she African American? Is she, you know, whatever? And everyone sort of, like, kind of had a sense of, like, oh, she's probably from our region, you know? So they all, so then by definition, people tend, you know, people tend to like people who are more like them. So uh, that's what it was. Esther was taken to the, by the king to his uh, palace on the 10th month, which is the month of Tebet. It says it. So Tebet is... Um, we just left Tebet. So that's a winter month. So it says, It's a dafka. It was in the winter time. Like Hashem or, or worked it out that she was taken during the winter. It's a time. It's a month. Right? Yareach, like the moon. It's a month where a body benefits from a body. I mean, it's cold. Right? In the olden days, they didn't have you know, you know, uh, sophisticated heating systems. And even nowadays, like, even if you have heat in your house, still cold is cold. You know, even when you get home, it's nice to have someone warm. And maybe that makes Achashverosh more, uh, you know, inclined to, to like her because he, you know, just even subconsciously, sort of just like it's warm, his body is warm as opposed to in the hot summer months, it's not as uh, beneficial. Okay, so the king liked uh, her from all the women, and she found favor in his eyes from all the virgins. So Amarav, so Rav has an, 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 again an, uh, a drasha here. That's sort of the idea with the Achashverosh. I'm not sure exactly what to make of it, but the idea with Achashverosh is if he sort of want to have the experience of being with a woman who was a bitula who'd already had relations before, so he can have that experience. And if he wants to have the experience of being with a, a bitula, a virgin, so he can have that experience. That's the, I guess the idea of the bitula and the nashim. That's I guess the distinction. I'm not sure what to make of that beyond that. Uh, so now says the king made a great mishteh after.
after he married Esther. What was the point of the Mishteh? So it said, Avad Mishtaya velo That she made a big Mishteh, but she still did not reveal to him what nation she was from. So I guess the point of the Mishteh was sort of to get her in the mood to maybe, you know, uh, ease up and maybe like relax and tell him, you know, actually I'm from this nation. So that's the first thing he tried to do. Then he tried to do other things to impress her, to maybe to let her uh, tell him. So this is like the... Uh, Age-old failure of men to try to get women to do what we want. So Dali Kargam, he lowered the taxes. Velo Galia, and she wouldn't reveal to him, uh, like to him. Shadar Pardishne, he sent out these gifts to all these different people. Velo Galia, she wouldn't reveal to him. So she, she's not, she's not telling him, but he, she doesn't want to tell him. So he is failing. Uh, so and then he gathered in the the uh, the bitulot a second time. So what's going on? Why would he do that? He's already married. He actually got advice from Mordechai about how to get Esther to tell uh, the information, which is actually ironic because Mordechai is the one who's telling her not to do that in the first place. But Amar, so Mordechai said, Literally, a woman's only jealous of the thigh of her friend, meaning if you make her jealous, like if you bring in other women, maybe she'll be jealous. Agmar tells us, She still would not reveal uh, the information, as it says, she would not say where she was born and her nation, etc., etc. I think we'll stop here. Shkosh, everybody. Shkosh.